I'm whispering not because I'm being edgy right now, alright, don't get any funny ideas, but because my family's asleep and I'm a very considerate son who doesn't want to wake him up and get yelled at. Anyways, with that out of the way, over millennia we have seen conflict, revolution, uprisings, bloodshed over many, many things, turmoil, political grievances. These grievances often are driven by our need for resources. Resources on this beautiful little blue dot in space are very limited. We don't have infinite numbers of things, right? The only things that are truly infinite are, I don't know, death. That's something that's guaranteed and will always be coming for us. But apart from that, not really much else is there. Oil, coal, gas, metal, precious, common. All of these things are the driving factors behind our industrial lives. The Industrial Revolution and its consequences. I'm not about to spout some edgy internet bullshit about this, but... We are very reliant on these things, right? But these things, they're running out. And when they do run out, what will we be left with? What will remain when there are no more resources to extract? Not much. But in the moments running up to that, we're going to start seeing things becoming much more strained. The consequences of our industrial revolution is that we are overly reliant on resources, natural resources. Natural disasters over those millennia have defined humanity. There have been many such cases where what we perceive as acts of God or forces of nature have completely shattered civilizations. The Bronze Age collapse, for instance, Many theorize that it could have been spurred by volcano eruptions, mass famines, all sorts of things. Over the past centuries we've seen the sun being blotted out of the sky by these volcanoes, throwing up ash and smoke into the sky. The sun becomes diluted, photosynthesis a driving factor behind all life, because it all starts with these algae and plants, phytoplankton. This process becomes disrupted by our own actions. But volcanoes, we don't really control that, do we? But climate change, be it a force of nature or one influenced by humanity, is inarguably, at the very least, a little bit caused by us. Our own industrial societies have been pumping out CO2 and other gases and whatnot, I'm not a chemist, into the sky. It's been leading to a global average rise in temperature. These things are not irrefutable anymore. Cold, hard data shows this. Even the most conservative governments agree that climate change is something that we cannot escape. The truth haunts us. Many reactionaries, if you will, pretend that it doesn't exist. They close the ears and go la 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 because they don't want to accept the fact that we are on the verge of crisis. But then again, when hasn't humanity been on crisis? The differences between now and centuries ago is that we as a society, as collective societies, we understand that we cannot allow these conflicts to happen. Yet they do. They do and they devastate and they kill thousands and thousands. They will continue to kill thousands more. 
Take, for instance, Egypt and Ethiopia and Sudan and everything around the Nile. Water is a resource, a natural one, and we need a lot of it. In that specific area of the world, conflicting political parties want to control the flow of the Nile. Ethiopia building dams, Egypt being worried about this because that water is a lifeline of their nation. It has been since the ancient Egyptians and most likely before that as well. So, when political alliances start to carve up these natural resources, what will be left? The only guarantee that will be left will be absolute conflict. Because, let's take these nations and their people, you put them into a room with limited resources, and these people, they know that if they don't obtain those resources, they will die. What happens? Conflict arises. We are on the brink of conflict the world has never seen before, because our resources grow more and more finite, no matter what. Bumbling buffoons like Elon Musk tries to sell to society, try to sell these solutions in far out reaches of space. We must understand that as common people, we won't have access to these solutions, quote unquote. Over time, we're being set up for devastation. Maybe in some hypothetical scenario, Earth becomes inhospitable. This is a very, very far-fetched scenario, by the way. And people jet off to Mars. Well, there's no way they're fitting 8 billion people on those rockets to Mars, are they? Who will be left to fend for themselves on our little blue dot in space? There is a very clear corporate alignment towards this problem. In fact, oil... Fossil fuel companies have known since at least the 70s that these resources are finite and that burning them produces CO2 and other gases, greenhouse gases that are warming up our atmosphere. This action of warming up the atmosphere is much more complex than it sounds. You see, at the surface level we always see, oh well, warming up causes uh, ice caps to melt, it will cause a rise in sea levels. So what? We live on a mountain, some might say. Well. The Earth has always been deeply interconnected, and we have seen through history that when this interconnection is threatened, it doesn't end particularly well for any society. Take, for instance, when trade routes were shut down between the Silk Road, you know, China, the East, and Europe. What happened? Colonialism fucking happened, right? Millions died as a result, because people wanted their resources. They had to get it a different way. They wanted to trade. But we are past colonialism, at what cost? The post-colonial periods were some of the most bloody, inhumane conflicts. All the consequence of arrogant nations deciding that they deserve things more than others. Why do we allow nations to dictate our lives? Why do we allow these inhumane amalgamations of states to choose what belongs to who? In reality, we are all human. Inside of us is hearts, organs, bits of flesh. If you take a gun 
and he shoots a common working man, and he shoots someone like Elon Musk, a billionaire, rich, untouchable, what is the outcome? The outcome is 7.92 millimeters of cold lead passes through the skull, shattering it and dashing brains all over some lovely carpet somewhere. We are all trapped by mortality and there is no escaping our mortality. We are being put into a game that we never wanted to be in, but we have always been in reality, right? This game has existed for so, so long before bullets it was arrows, before arrows it was swords, before swords it was spears. Before that, you had cavemen clubbing each other to death over hunting grounds and whatnot. The evidence is right there. There are many burial grounds from the Stone Ages that show humans having their head, skull, domed in. Blunt force trauma, terrible thing, isn't it? What I'm saying is that these companies, these states, have knowingly allowed us to slide into this point of desperation. Our own Western overindulgence and our reliance on producing things, creating things that we don't need, this waste of resources is going to bite us back and it already is. You know, I just talked about the Nile and that area and how water has become a crisis there, but it's not just there, is it? Pakistan, India, China are all fighting over access to water because of the way borders were drawn. It makes it very difficult to get that control over rivers and whatnot. Whoever controls the source of these rivers controls the entire region. And these regions are becoming more and more, more and more important, right? Because droughts, they occur, they lead to crops not turning out as they should. Famine, a reliance on imports, we've always relied on imports, of course. But, as we've seen with the war in Ukraine, Ukraine is a breadbasket, it produces a lot of wheat, and a lot of countries rely on that wheat. This war has led to a lot of countries running out of wheat, their own reserves depleted. These reserves, so far, are being depleted, and we see the effects most in what we consider third world countries. The third world countries, this title dehumanizes them. At the end of the day, those citizens of those countries are people like you and me, right? With families, with people to go home to, with lives, things at stake. They can't feed themselves in some places of the world. They starve to death. You've seen the adverts on TV from very dodgy charity companies. These charity companies try to tout the same thing, donate and we can save them. Why aren't they saved yet, though? Why aren't they? There is no clear solution other than one that is very difficult. Choosing to start conflict is a very, very significant decision, right? But it is something that is so intrinsically human to fight over resources. The time is starting to arise once again where we will need to consider who gets what. And where will you be when this happens? In your comfortable little western homes. You think you're untouchable. You and me, my friend, we are not untouchable. We are just like everybody else in this lovely little world. Completely and utterly intertwined with one another. We don't live off the land. We live off other people's lands. They're Exports feed us. 
When those exports stop, what will feed us? The nations as we built them cannot sustain themselves just by their own people. The UK, for instance, imports a lot of food. In the worst case scenario, when other nations stop giving their food to us because they can't afford to, because they need to feed their own people, how will we feed ourselves? When this happens, who will we blame? Those nations? Will we go to war with them? Most likely. But, in my eyes, the moral thing to do, and on a personal basis, the Islamic thing to do, is to look towards those oil companies that have scarred our human race. Is to look towards them and to say, you, you are to blame. Now, how do we start blowing up oil pipelines? How do we start finding CEOs of Aramco, of Texco, or wherever the fuck they're called, right? How do we start going towards them and saying, hey, I want your head on the chopping block? One day, the people who decide to make these decisions, they'll be called terrorists. But as I've discussed in previous rambles, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. I'm not suggesting that we start taking up rifles and shooting up corporate offices. But what I am saying is to be cognizant of the fact that whatever happens in the next 100 years, we could have prevented it. The oil companies, they knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew how CO2, how the oceans warming up would affect the ocean itself. You see, there are currents deep within the ocean that drive force, that drive life as we know it around Earth. They bring up nutrients from the bottom of the ocean to the top. It sustains it, it creates the conditions that allow fish to thrive. But we're overfishing those oceans and warming up these oceans means that these currents might not function as we have known them to for the past 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 years. When these currents eventually dwindle, and when the fish start disappearing, which they already have, they've dropped in massive percentages since the 1940s, how will societies feed themselves? My own home country, Bangladesh, a beautiful little country, battered and bruised. It is flooded. It will only become more and more flooded. The country I live in, the country that I consider my current home, Britain, the UK. We're seeing record levels of heat every summer. This is the coldest summer that you will know for the rest of your lives because of the decisions that some executives made decades ago. If you are not angry towards these executives and you are truly lost, ignorant and hiding underneath a rock, get out of the rock and see the world for what it is. If you have anyone to blame, it's a very, very rich CEO. Several, actually. Do what you must to ensure that your family survives. That is all. Good night.